Hey there, you're listening to an encore presentation of Bitter's Pill number 126, Jury Duty, Explosive Afternoon, originally uh, released March 29th, 2008. If you want to hear, instead of uh, what I was doing three, four years ago, if you want to hear what I'm doing right now, please become a Bitterest Pill premium subscriber. For all full information, go to bitterspill.com. But uh, in the meantime, please enjoy 126, Jury Duty, Explosive Afternoon. When choppers are hovering over my house endlessly, I tend to get a little nervous. My daddy may now make an announcement. So uh, welcome to the bitterest pill. It's it's me. It's Dan. I'm 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 you know here I am. I'm in the garage, um, under the flight path, Los Angeles International Airport. It's kind of weird because I'm sometimes I, and this is one of those. Sometimes I record these just audio wise, and sometimes I do a live video thing, which I'm I'd like to invite you to if you're just listening. If you're just listening, you know, t- two weeks from now. Uh, you know, you are invited. You know that, right? You know that we would never do that to you. But um, because now, you know, because I like to make it sound like I'm in this garage. I'm sitting in on paint cans, you know. I'm sitting on paint cans. I'm in my garage. There's a car right next to me and some tricycles. Really, I'm in this lovely, lovely room. So my cover is, you know, it's blown. So what is it, like 15, uh, 10, 15 on a Tuesday night. And, I, you know, I've, I'm not watching American Idol. I'm in the studio fussing around with uh, Ustream. Why? Because, you know, it's not difficult enough to sit and just try to do some kind of concise monologue for an hour. I thought I would try to do a concise monologue for an hour off the top of my head while looking into a camera and scrutinizing my uh, lighting. My lighting, my failed looks, my uh, dead follicles. You know, it's, not, it's bad enough to hate yourself just uh, through auditory means. But when you can watch yourself also just decay before your very eyes. It really gives the whole thing a certain je ne sais quoi, mon ami, tous les mots. Oui? Est-ce que vous parlez français? Oui? Moi aussi, mon ami, voulez-vous se coucher avec moi? J'aurai toujours femme de toi. It's all the French I know. That in où est le crayon? And, uh, oh, le bibliothèque. And I'm not even sure that's all French, to tell you the truth. That could be Spanglish. Whenever I try to speak Spanish, I speak French. Whenever I try to speak, you know. I'm, I have to clean my glasses. I'm sorry, I'm cleaning. Can you tell them? I promised myself that I would wear some sort of headphones, and then I kind of forgot about that, didn't I? Oh, well. So, one thing I keep forgetting to, to discuss... <laughs> All right. Did I did I mention that I had jury duty a couple of weeks ago? A couple of weeks ago. Now listen, as an actor slash self-employed person, and then as a uh, you know quote unquote primary caregiver, I've been a, I've been I've successfully gotten out of jury duty now for uh, you know s- since the early eighties. I've never had jury duty until last week. Now what what has changed? So that I can't get out, I have no idea. I have, you know. So what happens is I'm so cocky because I know I can get out of jury duty because I've never had to be on a jury. Um, you know, I just call. I just call like, oh, I'm going to get out of jury duty. I have jury number. Da, da, da. And this was like three months ago. What I do is I wait till the day. So there's really no way that I can take care of it if anything goes wrong, but then I end up slipping through and I get out of it and it's uh, no problem. Well, this time, so this time they wouldn't let me get out of it though. This time I could only postpone. See, there was a postponement and then eventually the postponement ended and then that became uh, no more ponement. 
but I lost all the paperwork. So now here I am, I'm the day, it's the day, and can't they arrest you? Can they, can they just arrest you if you don't show up for jury? That, that's what I was afraid of, is the Inglewood cops will come knocking on the door and I'd be a goner. I'm honestly fairly certain you're not allowed to podcast from the, uh, you know, the big house. So here I am now, I've got jury duty. And I can't find my paperwork. I can't find it anywhere. Now, listen, you, you want to know why I'm recording here under, in the garage? It's because the house is a disaster. I am a pig. I admit it. I admit it. I, 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 you know, I don't put anything away. There are stacks, really like 16 inch high stacks of receipts, a year's worth of receipts. Basically, I go through my receipts every April 3rd. On April 3rd, I sit down with Quicken, a pot of coffee, and about 16 inches deep. Receipt upon receipt upon receipt. That's when it gets done. April 3rd. So I end up... Now, this is kind of weird. Because, you know, this is the cyber age. And in the cyber age, you're really supposed to be able to take care of anything in your life uh, over the phone. Or online. Not in that order, actually. You're supposed to just be able to go online and you check your balance of your bank account, the interest rate on your mortgage, you pay for this, you pay for that, you order a book, boom, pow, you're done. Apparently, you can't get out of jury duty uh, online. Or at least I cannot get out of jury duty online. I can uh, find the courthouse. I can get directions, how to park, how much it's going to be. The, the rules and regs, I can't get out of jury duty. And see, since I've lost my paperwork, I don't have my jury number. See, I have a juror number. I'm juror XJK74379, and I, and I don't know it. So when you call in and they say, put in your jury number, your juror number, daddy doesn't have his jury number. So daddy has to now go to the courthouse. The Inglewood city court thing house now it actually was a pleasant enough experience you know you go through the metal detector i've flown enough since 9-11 it's a pretty standard procedure i empty no please do this please please there's nothing more irksome and uh, you know when, when you fly okay i don't fly that i'm not a business flyer whenever i fly uh i'm behind a guy that looks like a business flyer He's got the look, the haircut, nice hair, the, the the casual but take me serious shirt, the pants, the whole thing. He acts as if he's never flown before. His pockets are full of metal and knives. He's got syringes and a belt and shoes and everything. His shoes lays up to his kneecaps. The guy, you know, there's no preparation. There's no forethought. There's no learning curve for this jackass. When you're going through security, please take Take your pockets, empty your pockets, empty your pockets into your bag. You have a bag, you're traveling with a bag. Empty your pockets into your bag. Take off your belt, put it in the bag. Your cell phone, put it in the bag. See, that way you don't have to fill up those stupid bins. It's all in your bag. They can scan the bag. So I show up at the courthouse. It's just like being on, a, you know, in the, the, the terminal at Southwest. I put everything in my bag. In my bag, I got, you know, my cell phone, my car keys, my cash, my credit cards, my phone, my iPod, my backup iPod. You got to have at least an iPod and a backup iPod if you're going to be sitting in a jury room for potentially five days. So the first thing you see when you go in is all the people there for traffic court. And obviously, these people are in utter hell. Well, I'm not there for traffic court. I'm there because I have a jury duty number. But I don't know where to go. So I go to this. I, basically, this is what I do. I look for the window that has the shortest line. The first window I can find with the shortest line. And it's not really marked. I don't know what it's for. All I know is there's only one guy ahead of me. The problem is, this is the guy that really, uh, see, there's two kinds of people. People that are willing to 
work the system or at least put up with the system. And then there are the people that want to fight the system, even when the system isn't necessarily fighting them. This guy is desperately trying to fight the system and the system's not even fighting. The system is saying, hey, listen, this is the system. We're, we're right. So basically the guy, you know, he uh, I don't even remember if he had a traffic ticket or what he had. But he felt he got it in error. And he wanted to see the judge because he wanted to plead his case to the judge. And the people behind the bulletproof glass keep saying to him, sir, didn't we talk about this before? We gave you a court date. And he keeps saying, I don't want a court date. I want to see the judge. And in my brain, I'm screaming, if you want to see the judge, what do you think the court date's for? The court date isn't so you can date the court. The court, this is not a food court, jackass. This is a court date in court where the judge will be to listen to you. Take the court date and get out of my way. Now, here's another thing. If you try to fight the system, you're not going to get anywhere because the system is the system and you are just nothing. Now, you know me. I don't... I'm going to put this delicately. I don't always have the desire to interact necessarily with other humans. But I decided on this day, you know what? I was going to take a big old uh, can of smiley grease and slop it on the rails. And anywhere I saw a rail, I was just going to slop it on with some smiley grease. So I've got my smiley grease and I'm a, hi there. I'm normal listening guy. And I'm here for jury duty. Don't have my number. And she just goes, da, 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 da. you want to go upstairs? See, because I had the smiley grease, guess what she gave me? A big old pot of smiley grease back. So now I've got extra, see, I got extra smiley. I'm not running a smiley grease deficit. I'm not demanding to see the judge. And they're telling me, you go see the judge Tuesday at 7.15. So I go up, I take my smiley grease upstairs. I grease it all up, up there. They're happy to see me because I'm the grease man. I'm the grease man. I'm smiley grease. So... They say to me, and I think this is where I made my big mistake. I say to them, yeah, listen, I usually, <laughs> I usually don't have to do this because I'm a pride. And see, I, and I think, you know, this is going to be the, the, the golden ticket that's going to get me out of Wonka's factory. See, I you, usually don't have jury duty, you see, because I'm a primary caregiver. And I'm so confident in saying I'm the primary caregiver that I kind of, I wanted to, co basically I wanted to coast with that. So I say, I'm a primary caregiver like that. And then the lady says, she's very nice. She said, oh, really? Uh, how old are your kids? And I uh, made the mistake of thinking that she was just making small talk. Because it kind of had that small talk sound. It had the small talk sound, but guess what? She, she was actually uh, interviewing me. So she says, oh, really? How old are your kids? And I go, oh, well, almost nine and almost five. And she goes, they're school age. See you tomorrow. Now, jury duty lasts until 4.30 or 5. I don't know what school where you live is in session for five-year-olds until 4.30 in the afternoon. But okay, obviously I'm going to jury duty. Now, the really upsetting thing about my current, my just, you know, recently passed jury duty exposure is primarily it was completely and utterly without incident. I have no story to tell you about the other jurors, the courthouse, the jury room, the judge. The judge came in and spoke with us. I had nothing to say about her. Perfectly reasonable 
woman. Apparently, they have a new thing in uh, Inglewood, at least, here in Southern California. Maybe it's all over the country now. I have no idea. If you go to serve jury duty and you sit there all day and they never need you for anything, you go home and you never come back. And I didn't want to be on jury duty, but I did want a story. I really, you know, you got to, right? I need, I need it, you know. I need stories. I love, right? It's the only way I'm surviving this. Trust me. As soon as I, as soon as we're done here, I, I have three loads of laundry that I got to fold. Three loads of laundry I got to fold and one I got to put in. Trust me, I, I need stories. The only thing I can say is it was completely uneventful and there might have been a, a kind of a sexy bailiff. Except she didn't have a bailiff uniform on. She had like a blue. The bailiffs usually uh, have green pants or some sort of pants. Uh, who's looking at the bailiff's pants? I think it's green with a khaki shirt. Big muscles. It's always a guy. Big muscles. They're loaded. They're armed and dangerous. And, uh, you know, all that. But then a woman comes in, African-American woman, with her uniform on and her shirt's tucked in. She's got that woman shape and kind of streaky hair. That's entrapment. I don't know. What, I don't honestly. I don't know what she was entrapping me for. But that was clearly entrapment. She comes in, a woman that good looking in a uniform with a bag. I, I expected her to, just, you know, put on, uh, you know, some Moby and start uh, stripping. I, you know, that's how we're conditioned in this country. You see, uh, you know, a woman with a very very thin waist and a uniform, and she's smiling and laughing, and you know, you're getting out your singles. That's all. You know. And I'm always, I know, I know that I talk to you a lot about what I eat. Listen, I, I need to come to the realization that I basically, well, this is what I do. I get up in the morning and I begin to poison myself by eating and drinking things that I should not eat or drink. Okay. The caffeine has got to stop. The pan- little freezer pancakes that the kids, the, what happens is the kids ask for a pancake and then you put the pancake in the toaster and then they change their mind and then I eat the pancake. That's got to stop. The Diet Coke's got to stop. The tea, I got to go cold turkey and just eat nothing but vegetables and air. Tofu, air, vegetables, and organic something. I, I, honestly, doesn't even matter what it is as long as it's organic. I'm pretty sure, Right. Not to fuss with it too much, just eat organic, whatever it is. Now, did I tell you that I've been eating? Yeah, I told you about the the uh, chocolate-covered coffee beans. That's the, that, that's the only reason that we're talking right now. The only reason that I am able to speak right now is because before I came in here to sit down, I, I ate three chocolate-covered Kona coffee beans. Ah, suburban crack, how are you? Well, I'm fine, how are you? I realized today that um, it's not that I think that I'm too good to ride the bus. It's that I actually have absolutely no idea how to ride the bus. Now, I have to assume that I'm not the only one with bus anxiety, but see, I never rode the bus when I was a kid, obviously, except a school bus. And that's different because you, you go to up to your friend's house and it's yellow and it stops and you get on and you sit with your friend, your girlfriend or whatever. And it takes you to one place, school, and you get out. It's very cut and dry. And uh, when I lived in uh, New York or when I there was a time when I went to school in uh, London, I rode the subway all the time. Now, the subway is different than a bus because the subway. Typically, you're going down subway, downstairs, underground. And you can stand underground in that station, really. I mean, if you need to be there for three hours to figure out where the heck you're going and how the heck to get there, you're fine. No one is going to worry about you whatsoever. They got maps. They got tokens, typically. Now they probably use swipe cards. But but, it, but the, obviously, you go down into the subterranean, uh, whatever it is, and there's a system. There's a system in place, and you've got all the time in the world to figure out the system. But with a bus, and I could be wrong, this could all be just part of my busophobia. With a bus, you need to get on the bus, and then don't you need to pay on the bus? Is that is that how it works? Because all I see is movies where the guy gets on the bus, he goes to pay, and he doesn't have exact change. Now, first of all, I have no idea how much it 
cost to take the bus. All I know is that there are transfers involved. Now, I assume that's when you need to take, you know, you take bus A to here, and then you get off, and then you got to take bus B to there, then you and you get a transfer. So what is that? Is that so you just pay once? But basically, I don't know how much the bus is. I don't know how to get on the bus. I don't know where the bus is going. All I know is if you wanted to stop, you just ding, 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 and that's it. It'll stop at the next stop, and you can get off. But I, there, I have apparently some serious anxiety about getting onto the bus. And paying because I can't stand in the, like the thing of the bus, the steps, the stairs of the bus, like I would in the subway and stare at a map and work it out and do all the math in my head and all my, you know, do I have to go, do I have to give someone to drive me to the main bus terminal so I can stand there and stare? And what brought this all up is, you know, Studio VW has been in the shop. It needed a new axle. I told you this, right? It needs a new axle. And it needed brake some things. First of all, kids, listen, if you're young, if you're young, learn to fix a car. Because you know what? No matter who you are, you're going to either need to fix a car or pay a guy to fix a car. And if you pay a guy to fix a car, it would be nice to know what he's talking about. You know? Like if I were to take my computer into the shop and the guy said, oh, you need a new uh, Framalam, I'd go, there's no Framalam. Okay. I know that there's no Framalam, so, uh, 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 right? They they could say that I need a new Framalam because it's uh, going to, you know, monkey around with the hydro injectors. And I would like, oh, okay. How much? A thousand? Sure. And I'd pull out my wallet and there you go. So, so basically, the VW is down at the shop. It's all paid for. Right? It's paid for. It's ready to pick up. The key is hidden in some special place that I cannot disclose to you. The problem is that it's rather far away. And Melissa, you know, Melissa, Melissa has been out of town. Why? Because Melissa is out of town uh, every time that I might want to go. Like, I wanted to go somewhere tonight. I wanted to go to the LA podcaster meeting. Can I go? No. Why? Because her flight was late. But what I wanted to do is go get the car. But is like I have no idea how to get from here to Culver City on a bus. No idea. No, it's nothing. I got nothing. So it's sitting down there. Now, of course, because her flight was late, right? She's hungry. So she doesn't want to go pick up the car. Obviously, I don't blame her. She's been working all day and being in meetings and traveling and flying. So now the car, you know, the car is sitting down there. Why? Because I, you know. If they had built a subway from here to Culver City, I would be driving home right now, but I can't handle the bus. And I don't know. And I don't know if it's the sad looks on the passengers' faces that does not inspire me to take the bus. I know in New York there was less uh, bus, you know, uh almost said stamina, <laughs> stigma. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't I can't. I don't know how. Someone's going to have to. I'm going to have to do some research. Maybe we'll do that as a project. In the next four months, I have to take the bus somewhere and back. I mean, I want to take the subway. we got a subway here now. It goes all over the place. I'd love to take it. Uh, not the bus. No, thank you. So. I have been watching Ustream. Um, you know, uh... I didn't even feel that much this way about podcasting in the beginning. But, uh, wow, there are a lot of people that really need attention. Uh, <laughs> and look who's talking. But, uh, see, what I, what I do is, see, I need attention in some weird way, apparently. But in exchange for the attention, I tend to do things like talk. You know? That's my thing. I talk. I'm talking. We're talking to you right now. I'm talking. But apparently, um, if you want to just watch, uh, you know, some chick sit in a chair in Japan. You can do it on Ustream. There was something I sat yesterday. Uh, you know what? It's my own fault. I sat and watched a girl in Japan for 15 minutes do absolutely nothing. She didn't talk to the camera. She did. She, every once in a while, she'd type in hi, or she would type in what I assume was hi, but in, uh, you know, kanji. Some woman, you should check her out. She's a very beautiful girl. 
I'm sure she's got a lovely personality. She didn't necessarily use it on Ustream. Listen, if you've got no reason to jump into this new technology, don't don't jump. You know? Don't jump. I mean, do I do I need to watch Chris Perillo type? No. Jason Calcanis was on there all day, uh, essentially auctioning off uh, dig votes. Uh, you know, I don't, the, the like cult for the sake of cult thing, the like being watched for the sake of being looked at, I, I'm afraid I don't get it. I, I, it can't be that one-sided. I mean, I literally sat and watched, now, now last time, I, I do have to take something back though. On the last uh, show, I said uh, that on Ustream, it is not enough to just be a hot girl. And uh, after further research, apparently it, it is plenty. You just have to be the right hot girl. See, you got to be, do you understand? You got to be, for me, I mean, everybody's got their thing, right? Apparently for me, you got to be about 17. Uh, and uh, brunette, you know, not, whatever. Because everybody's got their bullet point. They're, uh, they're, they're bullseye, right? What you got to do is you got to just wait for you stream to fill up until you get a bullseye. So there, so I see this girl, very beautiful girl. I didn't know she was 17 at the time. And she's just sitting there. Now, when I say she's just sitting there, I, I'm actually being very literal. She sat there. And every once in a while, she would say something very soft. And kind of, you know, straighten her hair in that 17-year-old way. I mean, 17-year-olds, you got to give them credit. They really aesthetically are down to a science. I mean, the hair, everything is mathematically, right? They're in that weird flux where they're not quite adults, but they're not kids. So they're trying to like play adult and they kind of look adult, but they don't really are adult, you know? She really just sat there just being cute. Hi. You know, like those 17-year-olds that don't really form words, they form sort of uh, the illusion of words when they speak. They don't really, their tongue doesn't really form full consonants or vowels. It's very disconcerting after a while. But apparently this girl, I'm kind of fat, and I'm starting to show my age, clearly. This girl must do come home, do her homework, have dinner with the family, and then go on the family computer and let guys stare at her. Because that's pretty much all that's going on. And the guys, I'm sure, are just sitting there waiting for her parents to go out and see if she'll take something off. And you know it's not going to happen. So that that's what Ustream is about, unrequited exposure. Largely. That and watching DJs. And I got to tell you, you know, even Howard Stern, I mean, Howard Stern at least brushed up against it. Like, you can't, you can't shoot a radio show. And I don't know why no one has figured out that as soon as you start shooting a radio show, it has to stop being a radio show. And Don Imus does this, Stern does this, all these guys do this. They need to, when, once you make that decision to bring in the cameras, it's a TV show. You got to fill this box. It's not just the microphone anymore. There's a box you got to fill. At least Howard was, you know, smart enough to bring in the naked girls. Which I won't be doing here, by the way. Let's see if anyone's still here, shall I? Okay, <laughs> Caleb, uh, two hundred nine. Calcanis needs attention. Uh, if anyone ever did, yeah, you know, um, his picture was even in the LA Times the other day because he uh, they they were doing a story on Quick, I think it's called, where you can stream uh, from your phone video to the internet. And I'm not singling out Jason, very powerful man. Who am I to uh, make fun of him? Because I don't want him to crush me with his millions. Are there really people that need to watch Jason Kalkanis walk his dog? And it's not. And, and I keep picking on Chris Perillo. I'm sure he's a very nice guy, but go on UStream right now, and he is streaming live, and he's just you know he's going about his day. He's going about his day and he's streaming. And you know what? That's his prerogative. But the chat room is full of people chatting about Chris Perillo going about his day. Now, eventually, so what? So now, you know, 
Perillo and Calcanis and uh, these guys and those guys here, I'm sitting here uh, doing the same thing. At one point, does the whole thing tip and there aren't any eyes left? I mean, that's what we used to worry about with podcasting is the podcasters all sat around uh, entertaining each other. I think, I, I, you know, and, and the truth is there's this whole huge, gigantic world out there that doesn't give a rat's ass what any of us are doing. We're all on Cannibal Island eating each other's feet. I mean, absolute, come on. Or rather, we would be eating each other's feet, but we're too busy, to, uh, you know, uh, videotaping ourselves. I mean, it's really, it was really bizarre. We've gotten to this point now where people aren't even faking Trying to make entertainment, at least at the beginning of podcasting, people were kind of trying to do radio shows. This, it, it, like most of Ustream, they're not even audio blogs because in an audio or a video blog, in a video blog, the person at least talks. Why are you streaming video of yourself playing Guitar Hero? Guitar Hero is not a spectator game. Guitar Hero is a game to play. Why? Why? Just why? 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 I mean, I find myself actually starting to encourage people to go back to watching TV. And that, my friend, is a sad state of affairs. It's been pretty uneventful. Oh, my, now did I tell you? I told you that my daughter uh, got accepted into the private school that my son goes to, which is fantastic. Very happy. Very happy she'll be uh, going there, that they'll be going together, and I'll only have to make one trip a day uh, in each direction. Well, two, I guess, really. My daughter got into the school, which is great, except that now I really, really want her to start going right now. Really right now? Like, right now, I cannot stand the half hour each way drive to and from the preschool. Because it was all kind of cute when she first started going there and we were really happy she was going to be safe and somewhere we liked and all that stuff. But now I drive her a half an hour to hang around with a bunch of drooling, farting, little, uh, you know, uh, fecal stains. I've got to get my baby. My baby's a big girl now. She can't be, uh, you know, she's in the Neanderthals group. I got it, you know, and it's not her fault. She's, you know. But I want my life back and I want my daughter out of that insane asylum. I mean, for a preschool, it's wonderful. I recommend it wholeheartedly. Absolutely. But once your kid and your mind changes, you know, crosses that abyss, get them out. Out and Z now. So uh, the other day, what, what day was it? Well, I guess Wednesday. You know, Wednesday, I'm working on the computer. I'm surfing the net. I'm making some plans. You know, I, I got to go. I, I actually had this thing I had to go to and do a little working on Wednesday. So I'm home and I'm on the computer. It's Wednesday afternoon. It's a gorgeous day. Mm. Gorgeous, sunny, not too hot, beautiful SoCal day. And, you know, I don't know. what I don't remember what I'm doing. I'm on the computer. Maybe I'm surfing. I, you know, I have no idea. But I hear this strange banging sound. And it's not actually that. I shouldn't say strange because strange might be overdoing it just a little bit. Because, you know, there's always somebody driving into the side of a building. Maybe it's the SWAT team running up the street. I, You know, you never know. In Los Angeles, uh, you hear a weird sound. You know, it could be anything. You go about your day. So then it becomes time to take a shower. I got to take a shower because I got to go to this thing. I can't go to this thing without having showered. I got to do a certain amount of, uh, you know, tightening of the look, etc. Okay. So as I'm getting in the shower, now that's a couple of minutes later, certainly. Because the, the bang, you know, the bang didn't even really register, honestly. It just registered like bang, huh? Bah, like that. That was it. It was a three-step process. Bang. Huh? Bah. Dismissal. Okay. But as I'm getting into the shower, in our tiny little, uh, gosh, it's probably, you know, three by three bathroom with the two by two shower stall. I hear copters, helicopters hovering overhead. Never a good sign. When for a long period of time, a helicopter is hovering over your house, something's gone awry. 
And for some reason, I always, my first thought is always, and I don't know where I got this. My first thought is always that there's, there's a fugitive. There's a fugitive from the law and he's going to decide to hide in my backyard. He's going to take one of my kids hostage at uh, knife point or whatever. And that's going to be that we're gonna have to talk this guy down. Kevin Spacey, the negotiator is going to have to come in with Sam Jackson. They're going to have to yell at each other for three hours. And finally I'll get my kid back. Now, I don't know where this fugitive thing actually comes from. I, I think it comes from, um, and, I, and I've talked to you about this before, down at the corner of our street. Not really the corner of our street, but one of the corners on our street. Our street goes straight down, and there's a corner. There was this lovely uh, older woman who bought the house there, fixed it all up. She was in the airline industry or something. She happened to uh, pass away. And uh, after she passed away, apparently she bequeathed the uh, residence unto her son, who was in the illegal narcotics distribution industry. So every once in a while, and I'm not exaggerating, every once in a while the, the LAPD SWAT team or whatever it was would just cordoned off the area and wait for him to come out, uh, you know, guns a-blazing or whatever. But when they didn't corner him in the house, you know, he ran all over the neighborhood on some motorcycle or around, you know, I don't know what it was, but it was always a big manhunt. And so I, I think that's where I developed my fugitive fear. And I got news for you. When the fugitive is hiding in your backyard, it's, it's not Harrison Ford with his hair dyed black. It's not. It's not. It's some greasy, psychotic, drugged out maniac who sooner, you know, kill you and pull your entrails out than actually, uh, you know, anything else. So I take my shower, I get out of my shower, and I, as I'm getting out of the shower, I realize that the helicopter, now typically what happens is, you know, the helicopter's over the house, a couple minutes, and then it goes away, because the fugitive, or whatever it is, has gone away. But the helicopter is still there. In fact, by the sounds of it, there's now maybe two helicopters, or more. There might be three helicopters, and I swear to God, they are right over the house. So I go outside and I look and sure enough, there's, you know, three news choppers, choppers two, four and five, let's say two, four and five are hovering, not directly, at least above the house, but above the house and a tiny bit south and a tiny bit west. Now, you know, I Twitter, you know what that means, right? You go on this thing called Twitter and I put in little, you know, you get like 42 characters to tell people what you're doing. And I use it for a little wacky one-liner sometimes or to converse with, uh, you know, friends and listeners. So I go on Twitter and kind of as a joke, because I figure this is going to pass any moment now anyway. But you know me, I'm always trying to think of something fun to say. <laughs> so I put into Twitter something to the effect of, When choppers are hovering over my house endlessly, I tend to get a little nervous. Something like that. I don't even know what it was. It was actually something that made a little more sense than that, tell you the truth. Then I go, I get dressed, and I come back to Twitter, or come back to the computer to check email and Twitter, and then and on, on Twitter, somebody says, Hey, Dan, something exploded in Westchester. Is that, isn't that where you live? Don't you live near the airport? Exp like what? What, 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 what? So I keep getting these Twitters about something blowing up in my neighborhood. Is that near you? Did you hear it? Did you see what's going on? How can you tell? Blah, 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 blah. So then I start getting uh, links to news sites with pictures and footage. Well, it turns out. And I don't know if this is national news, it certainly needn't be. Well, I guess you never know. Apparently, there was an explosion. Or rather, let me back up. Apparently, there were some, there was some wackiness. Now, the other night, I introduced my kids to Ghostbusters. Now, for a guy my age to have kids, the kids are finally ready to see Ghostbusters. That, that's kind of an emotional moment. And without 
exaggeration. I'm standing there. They're watching a little bit of the beginning of it on my computer, and I'm getting choked up. <laughs> Showing my kids. Go. I'm not. I'm really not joking. I'm standing there like, oh man. I can't believe my little boy, my little girl are going to watch Ghostbusters. This is just the happiest day of my life. But apparently some very Ghostbustery type of thing was happening where manhole covers were popping off. Okay, manhole covers are popping as if, you know, as if pennies being blown. Right? Manhole covers all up and down this main street of, I believe it was Manchester. Now, this is right where I go, man. This is where this is how I go to take Princess Tyree to school every day. I go out our neighborhood. I hit Manchester, take Manchester to, no, no, I'm sorry. It's on uh, La Tijera, which is Spanish for the Tijera. Okay, I take La Tijera to Sepulveda, Sepulveda, and I take a left, Okay. West on La Tijera, south on Sepulveda. And apparently the manhole covers on La Tijera are popping off. So I don't know if the people at Quiznos noticed. I don't know who noticed because there's a Quiznos right there where this was happening next to the uh, Department of Power and Water Credit Union. Well, they call in. And, and, you know, I may have this story wrong, but they call in the fire guys and the fire guys come down and they see, you know, and they, somebody surmises that there may or may not be some sort of electrical fault problem explosions going on underneath. Apparently there are, there are electrical vaults, electrical vaults under I don't know if they're supposed to be under the street or they're part of the DWP Federal Credit Union. Nope, right? They're looking around. And apparently there's a lady and she's talking to the guy. Now, they bring in some bomb guys, some sticky situation firemen. There's regular firemen and then there's like the sticky situation firemen. And the lady saying to the sticky situation fire guy, hey, listen, you know, there's some crazy stuff going on. Uh, I may have smelled something over here, over here. And the guy goes, lady, get back. It's not safe. There could be a. Apparently there was a massive explosion. Which took out the entire facade of the water and power credit union and the firefighter along with it chaos ensued ropes were put up the choppers were called on mass i think every firefighter within a 10 15 mile radius ended up at the scene power immediately shut down on that block traffic diverted in every direction Now, I'm at home. I got, I have no idea what's going on. All I know is there's a street behind my house. See, my house is on one street, and then there's another street behind. I got a lot. Street to street. Street to street lot. Well, the street behind our lot is bumper to bumper. There's never anybody back there, but it's bumper to bumper. Well, by now, I, I've seen the news reports. I've seen what happened. They say that some people may have been injured. We don't know yet what's really happened. Now, ironically, I'm glued to the television news. Glued to it. And ironically, the thing that I have to go to, because see, what I want to do is I want to go and I want to grab my video camera and I want to go down there. I want to go down there with my camera and see what I can see and tape what I can tape and kind of make something of it. Cause I know this is freaky, man. This is in my neighborhood. This isn't on the news really. I mean, it's on the news, but it's in my neighborhood. It's both. Some, something blew up where I go all the time with my kids every day. Hudson and I were just 
two doors down, maybe even one door down from the credit union the day before, getting some cash to pay for the car. I ran out of checks. I needed to get cash for the guy. You understand? The irony being that I can't take the camera and go down there. Because I need to leave soon. I need to take the camera up to NBC News to videotape a, a panel discussion on how to get on the news. Some public relations society is having an event that I'm going to be videotaping where they talk to, you know, the six o'clock anchor and the head of the news desk and a couple other people. Fritz Coleman's going to be there. Fritz is our local celebrity weatherman slash comedian. I can't go visit the scene of the disaster that is on every news channel because I have to go up to NBC and Burbank to find out how to get on the news. Well, I think one way of getting on the news has become very clear. The hard way. The hard way is very clear. The rest is... Uh, filler so apparently several people were injured one firefighter did lose his life another is very 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 critically injured now these guys were just here at the house maybe not these exact guys I mean I have to assume that the bomb specialist who goes to the you know explosion site on a Wednesday afternoon isn't the same guy that reports to your house on a Saturday night at midnight when a five-year-old girl can't breathe. But they were the neighborhood firefighters that came over to the house Saturday at midnight with their sirens on and those disappointed looks on their faces that it was just a five-year-old girl with a breathing problem. It was all in the neighborhood. So that was now days ago. As I speak to you, it is Saturday morning. And I haven't been out today, but half of Sepulveda is still shut down. You can, you can now travel on one side. You can go south, but you can't go north. North is closer to the blast site, basically. That whole area is still shut down. The bank, the credit union, Quiznos. As I was watching the news on, I think it was Thursday morning, and I was waiting for this. I was waiting. I was waiting and I was waiting and it finally came. Because as I was reading the Twitters on Wednesday, you know, people kept saying, there's an explosion at LAX. There's an explosion there's been an explosion at LAX. Like, well, no. <laughs> no. It was in Westchester. It wasn't in LAX. I know it's, honestly, that part of Westchester, it's really the difference about a, about a block and a half. But when you say there's an explosion at LAX, you know what you immediately think of. You don't think of on the town line where LAX and Westchester meet. You think it's in like Terminal 7. You think it's in Terminal 7 where there's people and security and planes and boarding and luggage and all that stuff where it could potentially be something bigger than the electrical vault malfunctioning. So there it was Thursday morning. Don't remember what channel it was. They're talking about the guy that passed, the guy that's injured, the situation, the manhole covers, everything. And then the anchor, and you know he had to say it. He had to. He was told. You could see it in his eyes. He didn't really want to say it. He knew what the answer was. But they were in his ear, or they were in his head, it was on the page or whatever, and he kind of chokes it back as he's spitting it out. Well, Colleen, is there any reason to think this could have been part of terrorist activity?
Of course not. Maybe. Right? There have to be some pretty stupid terrorists. It's very clear where the airport is. The airport is the big thing right over there with the airplanes. This is Quiznos. I'm fairly certain that the, the terrorists wouldn't come here from uh, wherever the hell they're coming from these days. And God knows they're spread out all over the place now. They're not going to come here and learn just enough language to kind of get by and be driving around to the airport and then see a sign that says water and power and go, look. That's the place we got to blow up. Water and power, it'll cripple the nation. How to get on the news. Indeed. Well, good luck, vocal fireman. Good luck. Very sorry to hear about your brother. Good man, from all accounts, young man. That's his spot now. You know? You can give all the car loans and sell all the crispy submarine sandwiches you want, but it's his spot now. Okay, you tell me if this is nuts. I'm sitting at breakfast, and I'm eating a little something, you know. And the kids are playing, and my wife is doing something in the kitchen, and she picks up a pen. You know, it's like a souvenir pen, uh, not, uh, you know, a giveaway uh, promotional pen. And she reads it, and she says, Oh my gosh, this is from a plumbing company. I don't want to have a pen in the kitchen from a plumbing company. I don't want to think about clogged drains and toilets. I'm going to throw this away. And I said, are, are, are you serious? Because I'm a pen. I got to have a pen. I, there's always a shortage. Of, where, what are you doing? Are you serious? Yes, I am. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Because I think we've reached a whole new... Oh my gosh, you can't have a pen in the house that comes from a plumbing company because on the pen it says that they'll unclog your drains and, and gook and stuff? It has the word slime or gook or plug or something on there and you got to throw it in the garbage? What is, what, what is going on here? What, what happens? To, what is what? Is that a girl thing? Are all women like that? Can't have a pen in the kitchen that has the word slime printed on it. If we need to get a plunger, do I have to start a separate shopping list in another room? We have the kitchen list and now another, like in the garage, I'll start my list that can have things like plunger, liquid plumber, goof off, you know? That was just like, it was the most surreal, like, I'm not even awake, honey, you can't, you can't, you just can't do this to me now. Please, honey, please, come back, come back to me. You used to ride the subway in New York City after midnight, shoulder to shoulder with every cross-section of humanity and now we cannot have a perfectly clean pen in our kitchen because it says somewhere on there slime am i losing my am i losing it am i the one is this me am i hello oh please hello doctor i think i need to come see you We cut down some bushes yesterday. I love I love trimming trees and cutting bushes. Or rather, I like trimming trees and cutting bushes that are in my backyard. Because for a moment at least, I can fool myself into thinking that I can exert some sort of control 
over the chaos that is life. Because trees, you know, for as beautiful as they are, they're slow motion chaos. I mean, they never stop coming at you in all directions. They're just, they do their thing. And every once in a while, I kind of got to feel like a, you know, placebo man. Just for a second, I got to go out there with something sharp and hack away at them and really show them who's boss. And if I do it okay and I can kind of control myself, then the tree will continue to grow and thrive. And if I really lose it, then uh, unfortunately things, uh, you know, slip out of my hands. But we've had these bushes. That kind of, you know, they section off this part from that part of the backyard for some reason because it's a little higher there than it is there. And I've wanted to just cut them out of there for, gosh, it seems like six months or a year now. The kids needed to be outside and I needed to be away from the inside of the house. And next thing I knew, the kids and I were chopping those bushes down. So it looks bigger. It looks bigger now. It's not bigger, obviously. The backyard is by no means bigger. But boy, it looks, it looks so spacious. My cage just seems to have more room now. My little gilded cage. You know? At least it's a little bigger. At least I exerted some sort of hack, hack, slash, slash. I can hear the world from my backyard. I hear cars. I hear planes, helicopters. The cars stop. The cars go. They must be going somewhere. The helicopters are going somewhere to cover something. Something's happening somewhere. The planes are taking off and landing, taking people away, bringing them back, or taking people away from wherever they were and bringing them here. They're coming and they're going. They're toing and froing. There's an ebb and a flow. But it all feels like it's going out beyond my backyard. Going on beyond my backyard. And yeah, you know, every once in a while I squirt off the plastic chairs we keep in the back. For when someone comes over, which they never do. Stacks and stacks of white plastic chairs that just get covered in the soot from the airplanes coming and going. Every once in a while, the kids will go out there and play. Or we'll cut on a tree. Just. Because we can. Because we can. It's not going to cost us anything. It's not going to get us anywhere. When I take the trash out, I open this gate and pull the, the garbage out to the back street. It's not really an alley. It's a real street. It's a really wide street. The ass ends of all the houses from one end to the other face this street. For some reason, this street ended up with the ass ends of all the houses. But if I look to my left, there's a traffic light. And usually when I look, it's red. Because this street that all the houses back out onto isn't a main main street, so the light is usually red. But what if I'm taking out the garbage someday and the light isn't red? What if I open the gate and step out there and the light's green? 
green means go. But I won. Because it's just a light. It's just random. It's not telling me anything. I just need to go back into the fence and shut it. Lock it. Create the illusion of control. And get the hell back into my cage. Hey there, you're listening to an encore presentation of Bitter Spill number 126, Jury Duty, Explosive Afternoon, originally uh, released March 29th, 2008. If you want to hear, instead of uh, what I was doing three, four years ago, if you want to hear what I'm doing right now, please become a Bitterest Pill premium subscriber. For all full information, go to bitterspill.com.